Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, Joshua chapter 18, and the title today is God's Promises Require Action. God's promises require action. As they're going through this, there's some land that still hasn't been taken. And Joshua's like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> you need to go and do the things, right? And he's going to get on to him a little bit, and it's going to remind me of a story I'm going to tell you in a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to this on the YouTubes. We're on that road to 1,000. we got a lot of ideas, a lot of, a lot of interviews and stuff we want to do. Continue to enrich your Bible reading, but I'm going to need your help. So I want you to go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel. Also, if you listen to this on the podcast, thank you so much. Make sure you are sharing this with people. That also helps us, too, as we're just slowly building this community together. And I'd love for everybody to go to the Bible Breakdown discussion group over on Facebook. They are doing a phenomenal job creating some amazing devotions. And also, if you've noticed, at the end of our videos and our podcast, we have some music that play. One of the reasons why we do that is because many of you have told me that as you are finishing up listening to this or going along, you kind of turn it off and you go on about your day. And you don't take a moment just to sit and kind of soak in what we have learned. I would love for you to consider taking those next three to five minutes and just think about a verse that stuck out to you. Maybe it's one that I talk about, or maybe it's one that just kind of the Holy Spirit brings to your attention. And before we rush off into all the things, we've all got all the things, we take just a moment and just remember the goodness of God. So give you that opportunity to do that, and we're going to jump into Joshua chapter 18 today. But while you're doing that, I want to tell you about a story I heard one time, and that is there was a gentleman who bought this land. He had about 10 acres, and he had three kids. And he told his kids at one point, and they were a very close family, and they were all you know college age, and they were all living at home and going to college. And he said, guys, I bought this land so that I could give all of you an equal piece. You don't have to do this. You can sell it. But if you would like to, I would love to invest in you a down payment for you to build a home here. And we can just kind of have our own area. And they're like, oh, this would be great. This would be wonderful. He's like, it's wonderful. It's, it's great. It's all this stuff. He ended up and he had, he had saved a whole bunch of money and he gave it all to him. And it was all wonderful. Well, a year passed and they didn't do anything. Two years passed. They didn't do anything. Five years passed and they didn't do anything. Until finally, he goes back to them and he says, are you guys going to do this or not? And they looked at him and they said, oh, we thought you were going to build the house. And he said, no, no, that is not how this, <laughs> that is not how this works. I went and got the land. You got to go build a house yourself. So get out there and do it. And the end of the story was, honestly, when they finally had to do it themselves, a couple of them built, but then one of them moved away because he was just too hard. He's like, I, I don't want to have to deal with all that kind of stuff. And that was fine with the, the father. He just wanted him to have the opportunity. But it was this idea that he thought, wait a minute, like there's an action step that you have to take. <laughs> I'm not just going to build all this. It's just like, I'm giving you an opportunity. You got to take it. And we've been talking about throughout the, the, the book of Joshua, that if we're not careful, that's kind of how we see the promises of God. Almost like that get out of jail free card. It's like, God, I showed up. You got to do the rest. I'm going to put my card down and just no more problems. That is not at all how Christianity works. Jesus doesn't owe us anything. He's, he's offered us salvation, and that's enough. The amazing thing is that after that, he gives us all these wonderful promises. But those are not get-out-of-jail-free cards. 
they require action. Just like that dad giving these, these, these kids free land and money, they've still got to go and contact the contractor and do the things. And like God's, I think a great way of looking at the promises of God are God's open doors and God's ability but we got to take the next step. And that's exactly what Joshua, I mean, he just like backhands <laughs> a bunch of these people like, what are you doing? And so we're going to read this together and see if you can, see, I can almost hear the frustration of Joshua going, we conquered the land. The least you could do is move into it, right? Here we go. Let's read this together. Joshua chapter 18, verse one says this. Now that the land was under Israelite control, the entire community of Israel gathered at Shiloh to set up the tabernacle. But... There remained seven tribes who had not yet been been allotted their grant of land. So Joshua asked them, How long are you guys going to wait before taking possession of the remaining land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has given you? Select three men from each tribe, and I will send them out to explore the land and map it out. They will then return to me with a written report of their proposed divisions of the new homeland. Let them divide the land into seven sections, excluding Judah's territory in the south and Joseph's territory in the north. And when you record the seven divisions of the land and bring it to me, I will cast sacred lots in the presence of the Lord our God and assign the land to each tribe. The Levites, however, will not receive any allotted land. Their role as priests of the Lord is their allotment. And the tribes of Gad... Reuben and the half-tribe Manasseh won't receive any more land, for they have already received their grand land, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them on the other side of the Jordan River. As the men started on their way to map out the land, Joshua commanded them, Go and explore the land and write a description of it. Then return to me, and I will assign the land uh, to the tribes by casting sacred lots here in the presence of the Lord at Shiloh. The men did as they were told and mapped out the entire territory into the seven sections, listing the towns in each section, and they made the written record and returned to Joshua at the camp of Shiloh. And there at Shiloh, Joshua cast sacred lots in the presence of the Lord to determine the tribe which uh, should have each section. Now, real quick, by the way, I don't love this, but it's the way God did it, which is, which is, I should love it. And that is sacred lots, literally lots is like dice. They would have, the high priest would have this, and what they would do is, this is how, unless God was speaking through a prophet, or God was speaking through, like, directly from an angel to someone, this is how they would figure out what God would want them to do, is they would take these lots, and they would say, God, we need to know, do we go left, or do we go right? And they would cast them, and if it said left, they go left, right, they go right. And that's how they would figure out what God wanted. They trusted that God would put the lots, the dice, where they needed to be. And that's how they would have to do it, unless there was a prophet that God would speak to or God would speak to an angel. Thank goodness for the Holy Spirit, because we can see in Acts chapter 1, that's what they did to f- figure out who the apostle was going to be to take Judah's place. Notice, go, go read it. They cast sacred lots. But after the Holy Spirit comes, there's no more need to do that, because we live with the presence of God on the inside of us now. All right, verse 11. The first allotment of land went to the clans of Benjamin. It lay between the territory assigned to the tribes of Judah and Joseph. The northern boundary of Benjamin's land began at the Jordan River. It went north to the slope of Jericho, then west to the hill country and the wilderness of Beth Haven. From the boundary went south to Luz, that is Bethel, and proceeded down to Atroth-Adar, 
on the hill that lies in the south of the lower Beth Haran. The boundary then made a turn and swung south along the western edge of the hill facing Beth Haran, ending in the vi- village of Kariath Baal, that is, Kariath Jerem, a town belonging to the tribe of Judah. This was their western boundary. The southern boundary began on the outskirts of Kariath Jerem, and on the western point it ran to the springs of the waters of Nephtah, and down the base of the mountain beside the valley of Beth Hinnom and the northern end of the valley of Rephaim. And from there it went down to the valley of Hinnom, crossing the south of the slope where the Jebusites lived, and continued down to En Rogel. From En Rogel, the boundary proceeded in the northerly direction and came to En Shamesh and on Gililoth, <laughs> which is across from the slopes of Dum. Dum- Gives with an A, all right? Then it went down to the stone of Behon. Behon was Reuben's son. And from there it passed along the north side of the slopes overlooking the Jordan Valley. The border then went down into the valley, and it ran past the northern slope of Beth Holgal and ended at the north bay of the Dead Sea, which is the southern end of the Jordan River. This is where the southern boundary was, and the eastern boundary was the Jordan River. Then the boundaries of the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. These were the towns given to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. Jericho, Beth-Hogal, Emek-Kezes, Beth-Arbath, Zerim, Bethel, Avin, Parah, Orpah, Oprah. Whoa, Oprah, there she is. <laughs> Kephar, Amoni, Orpni, that's like Oprah's sister, I guess. Jeba, and the 12 towns of the surrounding villages. Also, Gibeon. Rama, Biroth, Mizpah, Kephra, Moza, it's like Moses' uncle or something, Rekim, Ephel, Terha, Zilla, Heflel, and the Jebusite town, that is Jerusalem, Gibeah, and Kariath Jerem, 14 towns with the surrounding villages. This was the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Benjamin. What I love about this part is when Joshua is looking at the nation, and he's like, seven tribes, you guys are still waiting for a handout. Don't forget that God's plan is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. God's plan is open doors and his strength to move forward. God wants to partner with us. And it was like these seven tribes were still waiting on, you know, everybody else just to do it. And he's like, no, 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 no. These are the open doors. Now you go take the next step. And I love that about what God wants to do. God doesn't want robots. He doesn't want slaves. He wants sons. And so what he sons and daughters. And so what he wants to do is he wants to give us an opportunity and he wants to partner with us. We can see this all the way back in the book of Genesis. The Bible said that he told Adam. He said, "I want you to go and I want you to subdue the garden. I want you to rule it. I want you to govern it. I'm going to give you a job to do. I want to give you a way that we can partner together." And then in Genesis 3, the Bible said that he would come down in the cool of the day to have relationship, to have conversation, to commune with the, the man, man and woman that he had created. Nothing has changed except for the sin in our lives that separate us from God. God still wants to partner with us in this good earth to make a difference and to do the things he's called us to do. So I want to challenge you with something that today, and that is this. Are you wanting God to do all the work in your life? Are you wanting God to take all the next steps? Now, there are some things that only God can do. The Bible says there are things that are impossible with man, but all things are possible with God. But I want to tell you something that maybe isn't always the case, but can I tell you 99% of the time it's the case in my life? 
God will not do the impossible until we do the possible. We do the ordinary, and then God adds his extraordinary on top of that. Many times when I've prayed for things, I've asked God to do these wonderful miracles and all these different things. And, and, I, and I feel so many times in my heart that God will kind of echo back to me, well, why don't you take the next step? And then I will take the step you can't take. And so many times there's those things like, for instance, there was a time in my life when I had no friends. I just, I just didn't. We'd moved to a new area. I just had no friends. And I would just pray, God, I'd, I'm, I'm so lonely. I don't want to do life alone. I, I need friends. And I would feel like this echo come back to me and go, well, why don't you go talk to somebody? <laughs> why, why don't you go reach out beyond yourself? You know, and then I tell you what I'll do is I'll do the impossible. And that is I'll open the right doors with the right people, but you need to take the next step. You know, there was times in my life when I was in between jobs. I didn't have a job and I needed one desperately. And I was like, God, I need you to send me a job. God, I need you to send me a job. You know what God didn't do? He didn't have someone knock on my door and say, hey, I'm looking for someone who needs a job. But you know what the echo back to my heart was? You do the possible and I will do the impossible. So the possible for me was to put out all the feelers that I could, talk to every friend I had, put out resumes, different places, go on those interviews. And then God led me in those next steps. I want to encourage you with something. There's probably a lot more miracles that God wants to do in your life if you will do the possible. Because what God many times will do is as you do the possible, he will steer you in the direction that he wants you to go. And that by the time you get to the end of that season of your life, you're in a very different place than where you intended. But many times it's a lot better place as you do the possible and God does the impossible. So that's my encouragement for you today. Don't be like the nation of Israel who was just waiting for God to do it all and wondering why it hadn't happened yet. But you apply yourself. Grow where you have been planted. Do the best you can with the season you have been given, and watch what God does. When you do the possible, God always does the impossible. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. God, thank you that you are with us and you are for us. Lord, as we see over and over again that you are giving these, these people this land, it is a promise fulfilled that they have to take action on. Help it remind us that you've given us so many promises. And many times, God, we're not waiting on you. You are waiting on us. We thank you for that. I pray you'll give us the courage to take the next step today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. My hope for you is when you get to the end of your life, you will say, as Joshua did in Joshua 21, 45, he says, not a single one of all the good promises that the Lord had given was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came true. I love you. I'm so thankful for you. We're going to reflect on all this stuff in just a moment. But until then, I'll see you tomorrow for Joshua chapter 19.